This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. and welcome to Chapter Tactics, your 40k podcast which focuses on playing warmer 40k competitively at all levels of the game. I'm your host, Petey Pob, and I have a very, very special episode for you guys today. First, I'm going to be talking about a tournament in December, or I think November, I think it was, no, it was December, it was this weekend, it was December, so a, a tournament that just happened, it was, uh, not a not a huge tournament, 42 players, which is which is a reasonable large tournament, but it you know is a super mega tournament. However, the top five of that tournament was insane. I know you guys want to hear about it, so I'm going to talk about that. The Portal GT. I'm also going to be talking about the Imperium versus Chaos debate. So, which is going to be the title of this episode, which you guys probably already came here for. The Imperium versus Chaos debate. Which super keyword is better? Now, I have known to have a little bit of bias. Uh, for the Imperium in my time. At least that's what the internet accuses me of. Uh, I try my best to be as as neutral as I can, but I am a primarily an Imperium player, um, so there is definitely some bias there. So I brought in two of the players in the top ten of the ITC, number six and number seven to be exact. You're probably already looking up their names, um, but if you haven't yet, it's Tyler DeVries and Matt Root brought them on to defend their respective factions. So they're going to have a uh, rousing debate separately from each other. Uh, so you can just imagine them arguing at each other but not interrupting each other. So it shouldn't be one of those internet crazy argument things, debates. This is uh, meant to be a little bit more lighthearted and fun. Uh, and essentially, I, I've been wanting to do this topic for a while. And... The, right now, the Imperium keyword and the the Chaos keyword armies are, are really powerful. Uh, and as you'll see with the Portal GT, I think that's going to change very, very quickly, especially with the new Tyranid Codex. But for now, I think they're still the top dogs. And if you ask the general consensus around the world, you know, all the top players, the TOs, the general community, is that the Imperium and Chaos armies are by far the strongest armies out of all the factions. Right, and that that doesn't include that doesn't just include when I say Imperium, I also mean like a generic Space Marine army, like with just Reboot uh, Gilliman Gunline or a Chaos Space Marine Alpha Legion army. Right, doesn't it doesn't have to be a Chaos Super Army per se, but the Chaos Super keyword and the Imperium Super keyword are the two strongest Mega Super factions right now. So that's what this is going to be, and I'm going to leave it up to you guys. After hearing Tyler talk about the Imperium faction and Matt Root talking about the Chaos faction, I'm sure you guys already came in here with your own preconceived notions about which faction was stronger. But after this tournament, if you guys, after this podcast, if you want to tell me at, in the comments section on FrontlineGaming.org, 
if you think Chaos is better or if Imperium is better. I'd like to know what you think. Um, I, I'm kind of neutral. I think both have their strengths and their weaknesses. And I think that they're both really, really good. And it just at that a certain point, it just depends on who is piloting the list rather than who is uh, which faction you're using. Uh, and finally, I have an interview with Mr. Adam Fasolt from Masters of the Forge. He's going to be talking about his Golden Sprue Cup GT, which is coming up very, very soon. So that'll be at the end of the podcast. Check that out, please. Adam is a very fun guy. I think we had a very fun interview. And one final thing before I jump into the rest of the episode, uh, specifically the first topic, uh, there is a little bit of some audio quality issues with Matt Root's interview. Uh, he just got back from a tournament, so we recorded while he was driving. I listened to it. It is listenable, though those of you who were a little bit more picky about your audio or maybe uh, you're driving in a car where it might be harder to hear, I, I just, I'm just going to give you a fair warning now. So it, in my opinion, I listened to it over and over. I think the audio quality is good enough to listen to um but if you were in unoptimal audio conditions i would maybe take i would maybe wait to listen to that part until after the audio uh, you know after when you get a better chance to listen to it better um but he is the ambassador to chaos so you know it, it is very chaotic which is which is very very chaosy so you chaos players like that hopefully anyways moving on to the portal cup gt so, the Portal CT Winter GT, which is, uh, the Portal events are common events out throughout the whole month, um, but I think they are particularly well-known for having some of the best players attend them, right? So that's the stomping grounds of Sean Naden, Alex Fennell, Nick Nanavati, all of those kind of northeast coasters, right? Uh, so that's kind of their native stomping grounds, and uh, a lot of the times they are attend those events. So, this this event just came on. There's two reasons why it's really important. Uh, actually, I guess three. Um, the first and the easiest reason is it was a 42-man event, so it was a relatively large event right before the Las Vegas Open. It didn't allow the chapter-approved rulebook, so there's no chapter-approved rule, so we won't get a sense of the chapter-approved meta, but we will come pretty close. Second, uh, because of who, who attended it and who made the top five. It was it, These are people who you will see make easily can make the top eight tables at the Las Vegas Open easily right so these are perennial contenders and these are some of the best players in the world right now so that that's another reason finally uh, because of its timing it's right before the Las Vegas Open so these lists that these players are running and uh, not only is it a diverse top five with with uh, four factions four factions making the top five which is which is cool that's a diverse top five all things considered, when we've been so Imperium and Chaos dominated. So, not only is it diverse, but that diversity means that people are going to be emulating these guys, right? So this these these lists are going to blow up, right? Uh, the, the lists aren't posted online anywhere that I found. Uh, according to the person I talked to, uh, the lists weren't updated on the BCP app, um, which is fine. It's no big deal. People, people don't do it. it it's not uh crazy it's not a crazy it's not a requirement so i'm not not crazy worried about it but if you didn't up if you don't upload your list on best coast pairings shame on you on a on a funny you know you're making my job harder level but anyways these guys these people are going to copy these lists right and these lists after chapter approved these lists are going to be these lists to be and i think uh, with you know, it's especially Nick Rose's army, even though he used a lot of models that are 
going up in points in chapter approved, I think he's already you can already kind of tell he's starting to move away from from depending on the models that are going to get go up in points, right? So he's got some elements in his list that I think make his list competitive still even with the chapter approved nerfs to guard and and I think he's going to do really well. So, this is your meta. It's going to be Astro Militarum Imperium soup kind of deals. So, infantry squads, Celestine's still probably going to stick around um, because she is still really, really powerful. And then you'll see, you know, an assortment of guard goodies and uh, maybe still primary Psyker spam and, you know, whatever flavor Imper of Imperium soup that that player wants to add to their list. So, you're going to see a lot of that. Uh, we also saw a Chaos Space Marine army on uh, Todd Silber. Unfortunately, I did not get his list uh, or, or specifics about his list. Um, but you're going to see a lot of Chaos Space Marines, Chaos Soup. Brimstone Horrors are still going to be a thing. Obviously, Alpha Legion. Obviously, Magnus, Mortarian, Renegade Knights. All the usual suspects. Chaos didn't get changed a whole lot. The only the biggest biggest change, of course, was uh, the Alphabet Soup. Asta, Arakaki, the, the, the Zinch Greater Team, I'm not going to butcher his name, and of course the Malefic Lords. There are some other minor changes in there. They you know they made some they made some points increase to a lot of the Forge World stuff. They also decreased a little bit of points to the Forge World stuff. But in general, with the exception of the Greater Demons and the Malefic Lords, I think Chaos went largely unchanged, uh, which is which is fine. The Chaos the Chaos faction is really really powerful, um, but it's also a very popular faction. And I think that GW did a good thing by nerfing the real the real big things in the Chaos Faction. Um, and the same thing for the Imperium Faction, too. You know, it, I, I, they did a really good job nerfing all the really powerful guard stuff. The stuff that everyone was taking, everyone was winning with. Because not only is Imperium soup good, uh, but guard is also really good, too. So I think they, GW did a really good job with nerfing both the Imperium soup and Chaos soup as a whole, but still making them viable highly competitive options. Um, so just, just just so you know, I, I'm not being biased here. I'm not just talking about Malefic Lords, uh, but I'm talking about in general, both of those factions got nerfed, but not to the point so that, that they were, they're unusable now. So you're going to see Inari, that there's going to be a lot of Inari. Uh, not Inari, I'm sorry. Eldari, Eldar. <laughs> uh, Inari got nerfed into the ground and Unfortunately, I don't think you're going to be seeing um, anything. Them, short of maybe some fringe units, uh, you might see like the the Incarn running around in a list every now and then. You might see a, an occasional Inari army, um, but I don't think you're going to see a ton of Inari. Though I I don't know for sure if the Portal CT Winter GT had those FAQs or not. I would think not because they're still very recent. They didn't allow chapter approved either, but I, I don't know for sure. Um, we'll look when we analyze Sean Naden's list. Uh, I will give you. I, I will have a better idea of if Inari was allowed or not. And then Tyranids. Tyranids are the new hotness. Mr. Nick Nanavati, who made the top five, barely. I might add. Um, no, not barely. He he's he made it pretty well. But um, he brought Tyranids, which is really cool. He brought a Tyranid list. I think the Tyranid list. His list is is very similar to uh, Jeff and Control Robinson's Tyranid list, and the Tyranid list that Reese does really well with or says that that are going to do really well with. So it's a lot of the usual suspects, and Tyranids are going to be really powerful. So you're going to see a lot of different flavors of Tyranids at the Las Vegas Open, and I think those are going to be your four big factions. And I think the top eight is going to be a mix of those, um, with I think maybe one crazy awesome unique faction sprinkled in there. Uh, but I think it's going to be more diverse than last year, which is perfect. So, moving on to the top five. We had 
Nick Rose with his Astro Militarum list. He had Celestine and a Supreme Command Detachment, a Cadian Spearhead with a Company Commander, an Astropath, three Basilisks, 12 Mortar Teams, and a Mana Core. So a, a, lot of, a lot of those get went up in points. So I think that entire detachment uh, went up a whole Celestine's worth of points, maybe more. Uh, Supreme Command Detachment with three Primary Psychers and an Astropath. And then a Battalion Detachment with, with that's Katachan with Strachan, two Company Commanders, five eight-man infantry squads with flamers and i think you make some eight-man infantry squads i think they ha uh, i think they have to be 10 and then you take a heavy weapon to make them nine i'm not sure but that's the the reason why they're less than 10 is uh for to make them to make them not give up itc points so well for the itc champion missions the midstorm priest uh, ogren bodyguard harker four hellhounds and two scout sentinels with heavy flamers so four hellhounds that's something you don't see a ton of in Astro Militarum Imperial Soup style lists, so that's kind of different. And then, of course, he's got the Primaris Psyker Spam, which, which is very, very powerful, of course, um, and that's not going to change. Uh, unfortunately, they did nerf Malefic Lords into the ground, but Primaris Psykers, in my opinion, didn't get a big enough nerf, or or maybe they should have nerfed Smite more, I don't know. Um, but I thought it was kind of funny that Malefic Lords went up by 30 points, but Primaris Psykers only went up by like 8 points, so I think maybe Primary Psychics probably should have gone up in points. Uh, the, the Astropaths are, are I mean, they're cute, but I don't think, I don't think they're they're game breaking. They don't have full strength smites. So, anyways, that that's just that's just that. But that that's Nick Rose who got first place. He actually max points, 19 points every single one of his games, um, which which is awesome. That's very hard to do, especially in a field like this. So. Kudos to Nick Rose for winning the Portal CT Winter GT with a guard list. Nick Rose is probably going to do something very similar to run something very similar to that at the Las Vegas Open. Uh, so kudos to Nick. Next we have Todd Silber. I don't know much about Todd Silber's list except for uh, one guy said he ran Terminators with ten Combi Plasma. Um, so with with Slanesh most likely. So you you have your your Chaos Super Unit, you know, and and I think every Chaos every uh, Chaos Space Marine based Chaos Soup Army has this, and that's a, a super unit that you buff up. It it usually deep strikes down and it just obliterates something or 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 infiltrates in. It usually gets in your opponent's face and kills the thing that they need that needs to be killed, right? So in that case, it would be ten Terminators with Combi Plasmas. They drop down. They're re-rolling, probably re-rolling ones to hit with the plus one from Prescience, and then they get to shoot again, and they probably on sixes on sixes against Imperium units get to reshoot when it's just it's crazy it, it's insane they'll probably get plus one to wound too with that stratagem so it, it's bananas it's there it's basically the equivalent of a death star alpha strike for one turn it uses up a lot of command points so every chaos player is going to have some version of those todd silver decided to run the 10 terminator 10 combi plasma chaos terminator variant uh, which is probably the most expensive but definitely the most devastating is when those terminators drop down and they use their their storm bolters plus their plasmas and they start split firing and just obliterating anything and then they're also really good in close combat and if you make them alpha legion oh sorry about that if you hear if you hear uh uh screaming in the background that is my one-year-old daughter um she's disappointed that that I'm talking about Imperium and Chaos. She's a very big Tau Tau player, so you know she she likes Tau. I think I think it's something to do with the the bluefish people. I don't know, um, but she, 
But yeah, so she's she's just she's just in there in the living room hanging out. She might whine occasionally whenever I say something that that the internet doesn't like. Um, but moving on. So Todd Silver probably ran. I I would I would assume he ran the usual suspects. Uh, there was no chapter approved, so there's probably malefic lords in his list. There's definitely Alpha Legion cultists of some kind. Um, maybe berserkers. Maybe not. Some a lot of people don't. Ta- a lot of people are taking berserkers out now, or maybe not running as many as as other people. Um, and then there's probably some big primarchy thing, a Mortarian Magnus, maybe a Renegade Knight. I don't know, but uh, that's just my guess. I, I don't know for sure. So if Todd, if you're listening to this, or if someone who knows Todd Silver is listening to this, you guys are usually pretty good about getting that information out to me. So let me know. That'd be pretty cool if I'd like if I could get your list, Todd. Third place, we had Sean Naden with Inari. He had an Inari Outrider detachment with the Incarn, Ivrain, 19 Guardians, 8 Windrider Jetbikes, 9 Swooping Hawks, 2 Chimeras, uh, which are, I think are Dark Eldar units, and a Solitaire. And then he had an Inari Supreme Command detachment with Eldrad, uh, Inari. Uh, hold on. So in- Inari are the... Eldar. Yeah, okay. And it says Eldrad, Warlock, two Autark Skyrunners, and Mogan Ra. This is a really cool Phoenix Lord. And then a light and a Lightok Battalion with Farseer, a Spirit Seer, and f- three units of five Rangers. And that's his list. That's that's a Sean Naden list right there. Uh, nothing really jumps out at me as something people run. There's no there's no Dark Reapers, which is cool. Uh, there there's uh, the Incarn, which is really good. There's also the Ivrain. It was also really cool. Um, I don't know. Can you use Eldrad in an Inari detachment? I don't know. That that's what's that's what's. I think it's. I think he probably meant an Eldari Supreme Command detachment. I'm sorry, that's been bugging me. Because um, I think Mog and Raw also is an Inari. I don't know. I'm not an Eldar player. You Eldar players already know. You guys already know what's legal and illegal by now. Uh, you can sense it. You can feel it. Uh, but this is a very HQ heavy. Eldar list. It, you know, you have your eight Windrider jet bike, Oathway Windrider jet bike, jet bikes, um, which benefit, of course, from Eldrad and the Autarks, which uh, run around with them because they're Autark Skyrunners. So I, I'm surprised they didn't bring Shining Spears, though they might be too expensive for them. Uh, the Windrider jet bikes with eight scatter lasers can catch people off guard and kill people. He's got the 19 Guardians, uh, so those benefit as well. And then he's got the solitaire, so it looks like just an HQ spam kind of real cagey list. He's got the three units of five rangers, so those guys just stop his opponent from moving up the board. He infiltrates them, and that's pretty much it. That's it's a really it's a deceptively powerful list, right? See, so he he's got he's got one, two, three, four, five, five smite engines, right? In the Incarn Ivrain, Eldrad the Warlock, and the Farseer. And I think the Spirit Seizer also can smite too. So he's got a smite. He's got the smite characters, uh, the Incarn, the two Autarchs with the fusion guns, and I think that's it. I think and the Solitaire. I'm sorry. Those those characters can all run around and do a lot of damage and a lot of work. And then he probably just hides Eldrad and the Warlock and the Farseer and the Spirit Seer. It's it's a very interesting list. It's definitely a Sean Naden list. It's a list that if I were to play it, I would probably get destroyed. I'd probably lose all my HQ choices turn one, and then I would cry and go back to my rowboat Gilliman crutch. But it's definitely a thinking man's list, so I, I think it's cool. I think it's an interesting Eldari list, and I hope I hope he runs it at the Las Vegas Open or something similar. 
because I think it's very cool and I think it'd be a very interesting list people would look at. In fourth place, we had uh, actually this is in fifth place, so I couldn't find Alex Fennel's list, though he ran Imperial Guard. Uh, Astro Militarum is listed as his primary faction on Best Coast Pairing, so I don't know for sure what his list is. And unfortunately, my phone isn't running the BCP app right now, um, so I can't actually verify if it's been uploaded or not. But essentially, uh, he ran Astro Militarum. Uh, Nick Fennel, or Alex Fennel, is uh, is someone who has been known to either run something, one of his one of the Death Spiral down buddies have given him and then do really well with it. Or Alex Fennel's also been known to just take something crazy and off the walls and do really well with it. Uh, I think it's probably the former uh, because, you know, I, I don't know if he has a pink flowery Astro Militarum army. I know Necrons are his one true love and they're not in the best spot right now or else he would be running them for sure. Um, so most likely it's an Astro Militarum list that he cooked up with some of the more competitive players up there or maybe some a list they gave him, but I don't know for sure. And... That's it. But on to Nick Nottavati's list, the Tyranids. So these guys are the new kids on the block. These guys are very, very powerful. If, as you guys listen to Matt Root talk about his tournament that he attended this weekend, the he also used Tyranids. And Matt Root is one of the best players in the game. He, he generally uses the most powerful factions and does really well with them. So he loves Tyranids. He, they kind of kind of sparked, sparked his fancy. And I guess Nick Nottavati, the same thing. So Nick ran uh, Kraken Detachment with the Swarmlord, a Malanthrope, three units of 19 Gene Steelers, 25 Hormigarns, 25 Gargoyles, a Neurothrope, six Hiveguard, three hi one unit of six Hiveguard, one unit of three Hiveguard, a Lictor, and a Moloch. Uh, so this is this is a, a very fine-tuned, or not a very fine-tuned, but a, a, a very efficient Tyranid Horde list. And um, he says he was... He says it was really strong but had some bad matchups and that he would cut the Moloch in hindsight. Uh, but, of course, he, he played with zero test games. He just picked up a Tyranid list and was like, I'm going to I'm gonna win four games with this. No big deal. No problem. Um, but I, I agree. I think taking out the Moloch and maybe the Lictor and replacing them with uh, maybe a Broodlord. There's another hard-hitting character that you can hide in the Gene Stealers and also buff the Gene Stealers with. Um, or, or maybe a, a second Malanthrope. Uh, or a unit of Venomthropes, because the Malanthrope is going to go up in points. Um, so you might want to switch to a unit of Venomthropes, although those guys are easier to kill, of course. Um, but I found that, that going cheaper with the Venomthropes and getting the unit of three helps, because you can spread them out, and they're pretty hard models. to If you if you can hide them, if you can hide them behind terrain, you usually do pretty well with them. And in general, you don't need your Malanthrope buff the whole game, right? Like, eventually... Eventually, your opponent's either going to get into close combat, they're going to get into close combat and kill your screen, or kill your screen with the minus one anyways, uh, or they're not. So it's it's usually, the minus one is usually important for a few key phases, specifically the first turn. And after that, I think you can get away with not having it and be okay, uh, especially if you have a large horde army, right? If you're trying to protect a few key units, like like maybe like uh, an Exocrine, or biovores, you know, um, maybe not biovores because biovores can hide really well. But you get my meaning. If you're trying to connect a few key, if you're trying to protect a few key units, that that Malanthrope is very, very important because of the character rule. Um, but if you're just trying to get your hordes to survive long enough to get up the board and swarm people, I think Venomthropes are probably the right call there. 
But that's just my opinion. So that's Nick Notavati's top five list. And I wanted to give a special shout out to Kurt Claus, Mr. Kurt Claus, who went four and one with a light talk Eldar and just barely missed out in the top five. Kurt, you are a phenomenal player. You were just as good a player as the rest of these guys, although you might deny it. Um, and you also went four and one and you just barely missed out on the top five. Uh, so that that's it. That was the top five players. I think that it that's very interesting. It's very telling that each of those players, I think, brought a completely different list. I, I still haven't seen Fennel's list, of course, but I, I'm assuming that Fennel brought something different than Nick Rose brought um, because they're, they're both competitive players, but they don't hang out in the same crowd. Um, or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they do now. Maybe they're best buddies. Uh, but in general... I don't really see them hanging out in the same crowd. So I definitely see Alex Fennell running a different list than Nick Rose. And those are the only two repeats. And of course we had Sean Naden's list, which is way different than any other Eldar list you'll see. And then we had Nick Nonavati's list and the Chaos Space Marine list. So that's a really, really diverse top five. Uh, it's it's Just to give you a soap, if you don't know who these players are, just to give you a scope of uh, how good they are. Uh, if you combine their average ITC score, all top five players, uh, they have a 556.64 ITC score, which would be good enough to get a player just outside of the top 25 overall, right? So their average score put barely puts them in the top 30 ranked in the world. That's So these guys, by that logic, are in the top 30. And also, Todd Silver doesn't even have five of five ITC events logged in. So if he, if he just attends another event, that that number goes up right that puts them in the top 25 so that's really cool uh also the these guys these guys are you know uh 556.64 uh lgt like a good sized 30 person gt it's a smaller you know min sized gt or a very uh, a larger rtt you know around 30 people 30 person five men or a five round 30 person tournament that's about 110 points ish give or take uh my math my math isn't spot on there um but when you take that into account that that that's roughly 110 points that means each of these players on average have won five 30 person tournaments each of them right so a lot of places don't even have more than one large 30 person gt you know and these guys have five wins right that that's not that's not second place third place that's a win that's beating being the best out of 30 people winning five rounds going undefeated five times that that is phenomenal that is crazy that's average of course uh they haven't all done that um i, I think sean naden doesn't have a gt win this season so far i think he's got a bunch of second places at, at larger events which is still very very you know remarkable um and then one quick note for those of you checking my math uh, just remember, I took Sean Naden's Adepticon score, which was for some reason listed as a separate Sean Naden. So there's two Sean Naden scores and the ITC overall. Um, so if you if you double check my math for me and someone notices that mistake, that's why I added in Sean Naden's Adepticon score because it should be added in. Um, so Sean Naden should actually be a lot higher than where he's ranked currently in the ITC rankings. But that that's phenomenal. That's crazy. So uh, what do you guys think? Do you guys think that Chapter Approved is really going to shake up those lists? Or do you think that, in general, that's what people are going to be running going into the Las Vegas Open? I, I'm curious to hear what you guys think. So, moving on to the Imperium versus Chaos debate. I'm not going to add much to this. Uh, I just want to let you guys know that that both of those factions, I feel, have their own strengths and weaknesses. And I think they're both very viable. And every time you go to a large event, I think it's a coin flip. Uh, you know, between Chaos and Imperium. So I think they're both they're both uh, balanced with each other very well. 
Um, and then Tyranids and Eldar are slowly moving up and being real contenders. Um, but I wanted to have this fun little thing. Which is better? Imperium with their Gilliman crutch, with their Astromilitarum sweepers, and their Raven Guard, and their silly HQ character spam bullshit, and their smite spam primary psychers. Are they the are they the best super keyword faction? Or are those Chaos with their crazy malefic lords which got nerfed, but who cares because because we're talking about pre nerfed Chaos Malefic Lords right now. Um, just because that's when we recorded this episode. Uh, and they're Primarchs, because they have two Primarchs, the Imperium's one Primarch, and uh, they're Renegade Knights, and all their stupid, forgeable, stupid stuff. Uh, and I know I did a terrible job, but are they better? Um, let me know. Oh, and they're Brimstones. I, I, I can't believe I forgot to mention the Brimstones. <laughs> uh, and the Cultists. Everything. Chaos have a lot of good stuff. So do Imperium. Um, but which, which super keyword do you think is better, guys? With that, I'm going to leave you guys to it. I'm off to go go find Tyler and Matt in the Ultraverse. I already found them. It's already pre-recorded, but uh, I'm going to take off. I'll be right back with Tyler, and then right after that, we'll get Matt Root talking about the chaos, and then the Adam Fassel interview. See you guys later. Hello, everyone, and I am back with the ambassador to the Imperium side, the Imperial Soup King. Well, not not really the Imperial Soup King, but he's definitely in there. He is number six, number seven in the ITC, Mr. Tyler Mustavraz. Hey, Pablo, how's it going? Well, I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. So listen, there's a war going on right now. There's the Imperium players and the Chaos players. They're beating each other up. Those poor Xenos players are right now. They're on the sidelines. They don't have as many codexes as those two factions, super factions. What What's it like in the tournament scene right now? Oh, it is all over the place. I know, just like last Renegade, there's a lot of Chaos and a lot of Imperium out there. Just a little bit of Xenos sprinkled in. Uh, obviously, their books are just starting to come out. So it's getting mixed up there. It's a war. All right. So, for just for your information, this is a podcast, and uh, I'm I'm sorry. Obviously, this is a podcast, but this podcast episode is about Imperium versus Chaos. Which faction is better? Which faction is the king? Because they both right now are very very powerful and both have their strengths and their weaknesses. So, Tyler, I brought you on for a reason. But tell the listeners what qualifies you to be an ambassador of the Imperium faction. Well, I've always been mostly an Imperium player. I mean, I've dabbled in Chaos, but that's just just heretics, so can't be having none of that around here. Uh, been playing Imperium for quite a long time. I like running lots of fun lists. I think they provide a lot of different variety in armies. Um, and you have your Marines, which are kind of just your staple. Uh, and then you got things like Sisters of Battle, Grey Knights, which throw in just a little bit of mix. But you, get a, you can get a lot out of the Imperium, which can definitely throw your opponents for a loop when you have everything mixed together and you can just have fun with it so okay so well tell me about your list in the that you've been running currently and that you've been you actually tell me about the list that you ran at the iron halo and then tell me about how it's transformed now because it's very much an imperial soup list yep so iron halo uh, i liked well i started actually at nova 
uh, when I started with running Grey Knights and Imperial Guard. Uh, I liked Imperial Guard just because they offer you a lot of cheap battalions, which a lot of different armies are kind of starting to get, but Guard has it, Chaos has it. It's all over the place. So uh, I basically take Guard. That gets me my battalions, and I threw in Grey Knights just because I knew there was going to be a lot of Chaos out there. Um, obviously, they got the good Smite uh, against Demons, uh, you get the good combat out of them. Uh, they're a little points heavy, but they uh, offset by the guard, which really helps. Uh, I threw in a little bit of those Cyclops demolition vehicles, which are kind of fun to throw around out there. Uh, and then also threw in just your basic mortars, uh, a bunch of Elysians that dropped. Uh, Iron Halo, I figured that would be well for the mission because it kind of gives you a little bit of everything. A very alpha strikey, but could also beta strike really well. Uh, that kind of morphed going from Iron Halo to Renegade. Uh, I still keep a soup detachment. Um, one main thing I like to have is scouts, just to stop all the Alpha Legion stuff. Uh, I can stop Eldar with some of their deep striking things. So with my soup detachments, I always like to put scouts in there uh, just to stop all the Alpha stuff. And then have a backbone of mortars. Uh, for just obviously out of line of sight stuff because now a lot of tournaments they're starting to put more line of sight blocking terrain out there. I recently stopped with the Grey Knights. Just uh, They're really point heavy. I really like using them, but I wanted to go more of a different route with the list because I dropped the Elysians. I uh, wanted to try and get away from some of that stuff now with the point increase, and I started taking Sisters of Battle. Um, just because they offer a lot of speed, which I really like. They get a lot of movement shenanigans. Uh, I can have fun with lots of melta all over the board. So at Renegade, I ended up taking six units of Seraphim, uh, which were a lot of fun, uh, kind of all over the board. A couple uh, Magifiers and some Retributors with Heavy Bolters just to kind of fill out the detachment along with Mortars and some uh, couple Psychers. I did really well. It's really, really good versus Chaos, just because you get the full stopping Alpha Legion with their scouting with scouts, and then you can get up the board really quick with all the Seraphim that can kind of just tie things up really well, and you have all the mortars. Um, one of the things that's really good versus Chaos, Relic of Lost Cadia, it just blows apart guard for that turn that you use it, and it is just super nasty. Um, there was a couple games where I had just mortars alone kill Magnus. So it was just unreal seeing what they can do with that relic. It's basically got a free, free Gulliman for a turn. So it was pretty oh, it's good. Really good. It's really good. Yeah. So, so speaking of the relic of Lost Cadia and killing Magnus, what are some of the best units and combinations that Imperial Super Armies have at their disposable? And why are those better than what Chaos has? Um, well, along with Relics, the Relic Loss Cadia is super good versus Chaos. Um, I take in my detachments with Cadia. Um, mainly it just kind of fits the theme with that Relic, but also because I like Mortars, and when you get a reroll to hit with them, when you order them, um, that's really good versus just everything with the minus ones to hit stuff. Um, it's really great versus Eldar, uh, rerolling ones to wound. It's super good. Uh, it just kind of really helps tying all the lists together. With Chaos stuff, I feel like they have their Elf Legion side, and, you know, you get some people playing with Death Guard a little bit stuff. You don't really see as many Brimstones and Changeling as I used to see. Um, so I think that's kind of going on the wayside. It's mostly all Elf Legion. Uh, but just 
playing versus them. If you have that relic, definitely works really good versus them. Um, along with other things in chaos, I feel like there's you see some different types of chaos lists, but it kind of all they all kind of just either pick Magnus, pick Mortarian, throw in your cultists. Sometimes they have a couple units of berserkers. And then just a couple of cultist backscreens, and that's kind of what the lists are based around. So if you can build a list that can cater to at least taking out some of that, you're going to do really good in a lot of tournaments. So. Okay. What are some what are some offbeat or different lists that Imperium Soup has compared to compared to Chaos? Uh, basically, how how diverse is the Imperium faction beyond what what you've been talking about with the with the Seraphim and everything else? Um, well, a lot of different imperialists. You can, I mean, chaos doesn't have storm ravens, so that's one thing they have with Grilliman taking storm ravens. Uh, fire raptors now are probably going to be pretty prevalent on the scene. Um, you get scouts where chaos, the only thing they really have that does that scouting stop trick is nerdlings. Uh, so sometimes you'll see that, sometimes you won't. Um, and one thing people I haven't seen really using a lot is aggressors. Um, they're really good at taking out infantry, especially with raptors. So you can get them up right in their face right away. Um, other Imperium lists, basically you get the Gilliman list, big fire um, support guy. He's going to throw out all your marine type armies. Um, guard, you're just going to see lots of artillery, uh, just lots of bodies carpeting the board. Uh, throwing in with Dark Angels, which I'm sure will be a pretty big thing when the book comes out with Dark Shrouds, minus one's a hit, um, all their bonuses with invulnerable saves from Azrael. You're going to see a lot of that probably. Um, not sure on Blood Angels yet. Uh, I'm sure they're going to a lot of tricks with their new book. Uh, and then just kind of all the Marines thrown together. Um, probably see Salamanders maybe. They're kind of a more of a fluffy chapter, but their kind of abilities to reroll a dice every turn is pretty helpful when you start taking lots and lots of mass units, kind of like an old uh, Imperium, um, what is that, Battle Company. They're really good in that kind of a sense. So. All right. Um, and then uh, how how diverse do you think the Chaos faction is in comparison? Uh, well, Chaos, I mean, it's fairly diverse, but you just no. Now, at least what I've seen, people don't take a lot of variety in Chaos. Uh, they're just going to cherry-pick the really good stuff. I mean, Imperium does that as well, but it, I feel like it's more prevalent in Chaos. Um, you don't see many other things other than Alpha Legion cultists. Um, sometimes you get to throw some bloat drones in there. Uh, you get your Magnus Mortarian, and usually people will bring one or two squads of Berserkers. Um, the most variety I've seen playing Chaos Armies is they'll either put Berserkers in Rhinos or they put them in a Charybdis Assault Pod. It's kind of the two ways I've seen people run them. Uh, with Cultists, it's, like I said, Alpha Legion. I have seen a few people run the Poxwalker um, kind of backfield screen, and then when Cultists die, you just fill into that unit. I've seen a few people use that, which I feel like is pretty good just because it creates a lot of target priority sense, so not wanting to shoot certain things over other things. Um, but other than that, I don't really see a lot of variety and chaos that people actually play, so I don't know if that's just footing the book in a certain units that people want to run and that's it, but as far as competitive play, that's about all I ever see. So. Okay, so give me an example of a time when you used your Imperium list to crush the heretic filth. 
Well, I think my favorite experience I've had so far was at Nova when I played Nick Nanavati. Um, he was running his Berserkers in Chaos, and I had my Grey Knights there, and I had a unit of Grey Knights drop down, shoot Magnus, and took a couple wounds off of him, and then charged in, attacked, uh, almost killed him. Uh, then he killed a few in response, and then I used one of their stratagems so I could attack again, and I ended up killing Magnus with one unit of Grey Knight. So it was really funny. That was kind of the tipping point of the game. I uh, had first turn, I blew away pretty much most of his cultists, and throughout the game, I just kept killing his units that got closer, so he had to start screening with other things, and he was getting to the point where he was screening with Noise Marines and Corn Berserkers just to try to keep his board space, but... My mortars were doing quite a quite a number on all of his chaos filth, so it was a pretty fun game. Uh, we was kind of at the end of the tournament, but really enjoyed it, and it was kind of funny to see Magnus just go right into the ground and not even really do anything. So, okay, who won that game? Uh, I ended up winning. He called it, I think, on turn four because the only thing he had left was a couple cultists in the backfield and stuff. So I, I ended up taking full points in that game. So early in the tournament, he beat me, um, pretty much on a die roll. He ended up getting his warp talents into combat and it was like a four plus to end the game. So it was a super close game. He ended up pulling it out and then we played. Once they split everything into pods, we ended up playing again later in the tournament. I think it was like the last game of the tournament, so I ended up beating him. So it was a really, really fun time, both of us winning a game against each other. So. Right on. You didn't get to play him in the Invitational? Uh, nope, I didn't play him in the Invitational. No, yeah, I did play him in the Invitational. That was the second round. You you played him first, yeah. and then I played him second, so yep. Okay, and then he beat you in the Invitational, and then you turned around and beat him in the Open. Yep, correct. Oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I know. If only it was the other way around, but it was a good time. <laughs> All right. Uh, <clears throat> we got one last-minute pitch, Tyler. There are a lot right. of listeners out there. Why should they be playing Imperium over Chaos? Well, Imperium gives you a lot more variety, I feel. Um, you have a lot more armies to pick from. Chaos is basically just Chaos Codex, the Demon Book. Uh, you do have the Thousand Sun stuff in there but and the Death Guard, but... Obviously, with Imperium, you have a lot more books. Uh, I feel like there's a lot more variety in units. Um, there's a lot more relics. There's just more everything. So you got to have your pick of the litter. Uh, you can take the cherry on top as well with whatever you want, and it just blends really well. I can give you a really solid, all well-balanced, rounded list for tournament play. Right on. Well, Tyler, thank you very much for coming on and also for being an ambassador to the Imperium. <clears throat> I've been trying to keep my opinion out of it, so I'll leave it at that. Because <laughs> I am <laughs> an Imperium good player. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you got to have the Imperium in there. Yeah. But um, thank you very much for coming on. Guys, stay tuned. I'm going to have Matt Root up for Chaos next. He's got a lot to say, I'm all sure. All that dirty filth. All that chaos. <laughs> and and what, what's even funnier is he is uh, one place above Tyler in the ITC rankings. Uh, in sixth place. Uh, yeah, it's close. It's close. Yeah. So, Tyler, thank you very much for coming on, man. Uh, do you want to tell me a little bit about what your plans are for the LVO real quick before you go? Um, still in the list building phase. I got it pretty well nailed down, but I'm excited to come out there and uh, try and play something that people haven't really seen before. 
uh, just to kind of throw people off. So it'll be a lot of fun. All right, right on. Thanks, Tyler. See you guys with Matt Root next. Okay, everyone, and we are back with Mr. Matthew Rutt. Is that how you pronounce your last name? You're like one of the first people ever. Have I told you how to say that? Uh, you Actually, you did tell me how to say that. It, it was <laughs> Rutt instead of Root. Matt Root. But Matt Root comes off the tongue better. <laughs> ah, whatever. Just All right. With that cheating butthead, so I'll just that. Or so, that uh, good fellow if you're a lady. <laughs> so if you are wondering what the noise is in the background, uh, that is a Matt driving home back from a tournament. Right, Matt? Is that better? Did I fix it? That you did fix it, but but that's okay. I can I could have fixed it in post, but um, this is this is nice too. Okay. Anyways, okay. anyways, Matt, you tell me about your tournament real quick before we get into the main topic. I brought bugs, and they're amazing. And I'm so happy that I have my chaos uh, like list away because while I love my chaos dearly, I love my bugs more because they eat all the things that's delicious. They're like oh, me. Man. I just like go to town <laughs> on food I, if anything's edible, except when you're a tyrannid, the world is your cake, and everyone loves cake. <laughs> so so uh, put away your, your, your love for tyranny, your new love for a second, um, because chaos became your first love in 8th yeah, edition. That's right. It's because Imperium right. sucks. <laughs> so, uh, for those who may not know, what qualifies you, Matt Root, to be an ambassador to the Chaos faction? Uh, I won a GT with them, and I'm not a total loser, so I play Chaos, and which is cooler than Imperium. Let, let, okay, Pete, let me let me let me explain why. And I know you're a fan of, of, of Imperium, so let me explain why you're wrong. Because <laughs> you because you worship the Corpse Emperor. So here's here's why. So. Our awesome list is a giant baller, like, bronze dude with one eyeball who's psychic so hard that shit explodes into flames all the way around him while moving a billion miles an hour and murdering everything else. And he just, like, looks at you so hard that your brain erupts, okay? And then the scare, okay, that's, like, one, that's, like, the best, coolest guy. Your coolest guy is a crotchety old man who's been sleeping for too long and woke up all cranky, so he yells at airplanes and boxes with guns, and they shoot better. <laughs> I can't argue with that logic Which one's cooler, Pablo? <laughs> let, me, let me ask you a second question. Let me ask you a second question. Okay, you played, you've seen my army in action. You, you went to Iron Halo, right? Okay. So when you see my army, you know, Magnus is great, but, like, what's scary? Like, when you, you know my army. It's got, like, all that sort of shit. So, like, what what's like holy crap i gotta deal with that so so it's actually that weird dude standing over it giving you that that soul crushing smile you, mean, you know you with mean, the glasses mean, yeah i know but like that's I'm the scariest tired, part i'm talking about model wise and, and oh, aside I mean, from he's like my amazing he's a pretty like, good looking guy so yeah i you now you're just trying to are you is this a date <laughs> Because <laughs> I, no. I put out for food, so <laughs> so back back onto the main topic. I don't know. I, I think it might be knowing what I know about the chaos faction. I think the plague burst crawlers or the not the plague burst crawlers, the the Nurgle vehicle things. Yeah, they're good. They're good. But like they, they're probably when you the see my list, you know, and like you're worried about first turn. What's the one you that everyone's like? Crap! I hate those stupid things. My big old blob oh. of. Cultists, right? Everyone hates those yeah. cultists. I mean, you know I don't what? think they're scary, but 
Uh, you know. Okay, you don't. You think that 160 shots that add one to wound, reroll ones, hit on threes, and then shoot basically anything isn't scary? Oh, Petey, we you need know, to play. You, you know what? You know what? Why don't, why don't you tell us more about, about those awesome combinations of units and tactics okay. chaos, chaos Armies have? All right, so let's just do a little contrast compare. We talked about Bobby G, who sucks, and Magnus, <laughs> who's great, and Morty, who is also great. We also had number you two to one, so there's that. So you have boxes with guns. And when I say boxes with guns, I mean literally square-shaped 3D figurines with guns attached. Your Rhino and your Storm Ravens are built by the most unimagined, like unimaginative architectural designer in the history of mankind. All right? I have sexy, sweet curves on my Nurgle dudes. So you want to talk about some combos? Let's talk about some combos. So, first of all, let's talk about... HQs. You got sorcerers who have way better powers. How often do you see librarians? Like ever? Not very often. Uh, no, they suck. Sorcerers all the time. So why do you take sorcerers? Because they get feeling pain to a forty-man cultist squad, which annoys the ever-living shit out of my buddies who I play forty k with, and hate them because they're four points of model, but they take forever to kill. Oh, and they're minus one to be shot. So there's that. Yeah. And then you take a Chaos Lord who allows them to reroll ones. I don't need a freaking Bobby G. I'll just take one angry guy who's, like, menacing. And now you have cultists who are infiltrating with Alpha Legion up in your grill, nine inches away. They move up six. They're three inches away from you now. They're hitting on threes because of the Sorcerer. They got feeling pain because of the Sorcerer. They're rerolling ones because of the Chaos Lord. And then you're shooting 160 shots because you can shoot them twice. Oh, and they can come back on a two-up or on two for two command points. So that's HQ slots. That's why those are amazing. All right? Then we can go to elites. Let's talk about, oh, I don't know, corn berserkers? What's the scariest assault unit you have in Imperium? Um, probably Bulgren. Ooh. So your scariest unit is not even human. It's ugly dudes with bald heads who wish they were as cool as Vin Diesel walking down the field, whereas I have screaming psycho berserker yellow bloodthirsty maniacs with chain axes, chain axes who run around and murder you not once but twice a turn. Okay? <laughs> so that's cool. And then troops, I talked about cultists. Those are amazing. Chaos Space Marines suck, but whatever. Uh, with fast attack, you got blow drones. Blow drones are great. They have flamers, and they have five uh, invuls, and they have feeling paint, and they've got smooth, sexy curves as opposed to your boxy, stupid razorbacks. And then heavy support, man, you got all sorts of choices. You got Havocs, they're great. They're better than Devastators. You got Obliterators, those are cool. Uh, you got, like, you just got you just got cool stuff, man. Like, everything Imperium can do, Chaos can do better. So, like, there's all sorts of good combos. <laughs> so, so I hear you talking a lot about, um, uh, per- particularly Chaos Space Marines a lot, but, but you know, this is a, an argument about the super keywords as a whole, Imperium and Chaos. Yeah, you know um, why I'm not mentioning them? Because I only need Chaos Space Marines to beat your Imperium ass into the ground. So, <laughs> so on to my next question. Um, tell me about the diversity of the Chaos Space or the Chaos Super Keyword uh, as opposed to the Imperium. Okay, keyword. well let's talk a little bit about the past. Let's, let's go back, if we might, about a year. I'm trying to remember last LVO. Gee, who, what, what army won the LVO? Was it was it Imperium? I'm trying to remember. Was it? It was not. It was Renegades what? and Chaos I... Demons. It was chaos, you say. Okay, so we have some chaos in the past that's kicking some ass, and some chaos kicking ass in the future, as well as the present. So, you want to talk about, okay, other factions, chaos renegades, models everywhere. You got plague zombies from Death Guard. Those are fantastic. You got uh, 
the most obnoxious model in the game, which is a brimstone horror uh, for Chaos Demons. Like, take your pick. You got good Death Guard. You got good regular Space Marine. You got good Renegades. And you got good... Uh, what was the other one? I don't even remember. I'm so excited I forgot what I was talking about. Uh, the other thing, which is Demons. You got Brimstones, man. You got Heralds. You got... I mean, just all sorts of good stuff. <laughs> all right, all right. Your your codex, your your army is various people in power armor. You got little chicky poos in power armor. You got big gray dudes in, in in power armor. You got blue dudes in power armor. And then you have little little humans without power armor. That's that's your factions. Okay, all right. Okay, so give me an example of a time when you absolutely destroyed an Imperium Emperor loving cheese ball. I'm going to go with every time I've ever played Imperium player ever in the history of 8th uh, you want Okay, more specific. Um, how about, I'm going to tell you a really amazing time. So I was playing against Bobby G and his, you know, tons of billions of boxes. And he moved up and he charged a bunch of brimstones because he had nothing else to charge because Bobby G doesn't understand target priority. And so he killed, like, two or three with his sword. The sword the Emperor gave him was used to kill some demons, and he sucked at it. So I had to shoot everything into Bobby G. I smited the poop out of him. You know what? And he, he died because he's Bobby G, and that's what he does. He just dies. That's what he's done. He's going to do it multiple times. And so he went down on the ground. He fell over. And the guy's like, okay, I'll just use my uh, dice roll. All right? And he didn't roll a four up because Bobby G died. sucks. But he used a command point. Okay? And he rolled it. And he came back. And he came back with a wound, all right? So here's what I did. I activated the stratagem, demon shell, from the Chaos Codex. Chaos, Chaos Lord took his bolt pistol, executioner style, turned that bolt pistol aside, shot Gilliman in the face. He died to a mortal wound. <laughs> that was also That's the tournament funny. that Magnus killed two Storm Ravens in a single turn. Gilliman died to a Chaos Lord, like... Frickin' three boxes got tied up in combat with plague uh, blight drones or whatever they're called, and then we called it. And, okay. and if you want proof of that, P, that was at Iron Halo. You were there. It was recorded. So you can. I, I may be hyperbolic, hyperbolic, hyper hyperbolic because I'm hyper, but I'm also right. So just so you know. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, give me, give me a last minute pitch. Why should people? play chaos over imperium so you got aesthetics chaos is way cooler than imperium because your dudes are boring in power armor we already talked about this how, how many how many different uh how many different like factions do you see oh wait you just see ultramarines yawn we got alpha legion we got world leaders we got all sorts of cool dudes except for word bears they suck don't ever take them uh you have just like all sorts of diversity, whereas your diversity is different levels of boxes with different levels of guns. Even the new Forgeville giant tank that came up for Primaris dudes was boxes with guns. So, A, your army looks like ass. B, we have cooler rules. One of the scariest units in my army is dudes in t-shirts with little shitty guns they found on the ground. And they're right up in your grill. They pop out of bushes. 40 of them. 40 bushes. And they're right there. And they shoot you. Okay, let's see any sort of cool thing like guard do that. No, they're like, oh, we're just going to take a bunch of mortars and shoot things. Nope, they suck. All right, so rules-wise, we're cooler. Third, uh, the emperor is a bitch. 
and you know, I think I think I think that's a good trifecta to go with. <laughs> oh, all right, all right, okay, Matt. Thank you very much for enlightening us um, about the powers of the Chaos faction versus the Imperium faction. Uh, as as you guys know, uh, the the Imperium and Chaos factions are right now the strongest factions currently in Eighth Edition. I, I think by a lot. Um, but I said last I said last time with Tyler uh, that Xenos has been on the wayside, and I, I just I want to know a little bit more about your Tyranid list, Matt, real quick. Illy, everybody, Illy Chaos, Illy Imperium. So you know this is assuming nids aren't in the works. So. I mean, it's great. It's got, like, Chaos is just so good. It's a couple of battalions, and the one that has, like, three heavy support. Basically, it's a bunch of Carnifexes that just poop bullets. They literally turn around and walk backwards toward the enemy and just, like, shoot all the bullets out of their butts. And then you got uh, a bunch of Rippers, because Rippers are one of the most obnoxious troops in the game. Next to Brimstone Horrors, that award still goes to Chaos. Uh, then you got some Flyrants. And it's not flyerant spam, it's three flyerants, so it's a good number of flyerants, but it's not redundant. And then you got, uh, like, Hive Guard, you got some Gene Stealers. It's a nice, it's a nice, like, you know how they talk about Imperium Soup, and they talk about Chaos Soup? Well, this is like a nice mashed potato, all right? It's nice and creamy, it's delicious, but it's not like a mix of things. It's one dedicated taste. And I think mashed potatoes is a way better comfort food than soup. So... My point is that Tyranids are going to win ever, and this 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 argument between Imperium versus Chaos is about to become very redundant and very pointless, very fast. <laughs> Which is why I'm having it now. <laughs> exactly. Strong. Top eight right. LVO is going to be bugs. I I sincerely hope so. I sincerely hope that we see an Eldar and Tyranid and a random other like maybe orcs. Orcs no, would be really I, cool. I, th- I think you're misunderstanding. All eight are going to be bugs. I don't mean there's going to be bugs in the top eight. So. Just, just clear that up. <laughs> so Matt Root with the with the counter counter argument debate for all the all of you Xenos players who made it through these thirty minutes, these thirty and forty minutes. Uh, were, defeated. Space, they were some of the best There's... thirty minutes of your life, though. They were very enlightening. <laughs> My wisdom is definitely not exaggerated and or hyperbolic. It's definitely real and down to earth. <laughs> right on. All right, Matt Root. Well. If you guys don't know who he is, he is uh, he's currently sixth place in the ITC. And um, I, uh, did you win this tournament? Did you win this RTT? Yeah, of course. I had my bugs, baby. They ate everybody. Well, they did, ate Eldar. <laughs> they ate other bugs. That's how good the bugs are. They ate other bugs. So, so as of this podcast, he might go up a little bit higher. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know the the numbers there. Um, but Matt, thank you very much for coming on, buddy. No and hopefully, yes. hopefully, we'll see more of you at the LVO. And are you gonna repeat? Last year, you were last year's ITC champion. And yeah, but even if I answer that me, and say, if I say yes, then it won't happen. So I'm going to say, I don't know. Yeah, That'd no. be cool. I, I think I said this to you before. If I were to you repeat, said this last year. Uh, if I were to repeat, I would literally be beaten to death in an alley in the back uh, part of Las Vegas by a bunch of really angry nerds. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't know for sure. If that's true or not, but uh, I, know, I won't jinx it. You know what's funny I though? Maybe. I, I joke about that, but you know there's a real chance that could happen. They're always—I mean, you know—nerds. Nerds are a volatile group, man. There's—I I imagine there's at least one fight somewhere in the world. And listening to this podcast, somebody's like, "Oh yeah, Imperium versus Chaos. Imperium is better," and his buddy, you know, wearing like a a mark of corn. 
tattoo, a sleeve tattoo with yeah. Magnus. Turns right. at him and says, really? And then they probably just went to town. And the Imperium player swears up, and then the Chaos player knocks him the fuck out with a single hit in the face. So, that's chaos. <laughs> Anyways, Matt, thanks for coming on, buddy. Um, uh, I will see you at the LVO, and you guys probably won't hear... This probably won't be the last time you hear from Matt. Matt's pretty pretty often found in the community. Throughout the community so, no, no way, for sure. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Have a good one. I right, love you too, baby. Okay, guys. Right after this, we've got Adam Basalt from the Masters of the Forge podcast, and he's going to talk about his Golden Sprue Cup GT. Hello, everyone. And here we are with a special guest interview with good buddy of mine, Adam Fasolt. Adam, you might know him from the Masters of the Forge podcast. That is correct. And Pablo, might I say that your your ability to pronounce that last name right off the cuff is is just legendary. Congratulations. <laughs> it's a it's a it's, it's a gift. Um but so uh, Adam is actually coming on uh, not to not to not to talk about his podcast specifically, but about about an event he's running, an event that I've always been a big fan of. It's been on my radar for a few years now. Uh, the first year, it got me it got me intrigued with the interesting prizes that they gave out, and then uh, last year I got into it more. I got to talk to Adam about it. it; was awesome. And then this year he's here to promote it. So Adam, take it away. Thank you so much, Pablo. I really appreciate you uh, uh, giving me the time to come on and talk about the Golden Sprue Cup. It's it's a labor of love, as any you know tournament is for for uh, uh, for for folks like me who who just really I really just want to you know help grow our community and and provide a space for folks to you know meet each other and have an awesome time. And last year uh, the Golden Sprue Cup really uh, lived up to that. I think we had. Uh, over 30 people show up to the Melvin Rhodes American Legion. Uh, well, over 30 players. We had a bunch of folks just hang out and and uh, uh, you know just enjoy the the company. But we had we had over 30 people at the GT, uh, which was really nice. We actually we had the uh, proper GT status and. We uh, the the American Legion was really good. They they came out and took lunch orders, which I wasn't expecting them to do that. Uh, so I guess you know, uh, folks can expect the same thing this year, where they had the 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 table service for lunches, and uh, uh, we had a bar right right in the room next door. Uh, maybe maybe we had some strange looks from some of the old folk older <laughs> older folks uh, attending the American <laughs> Legion for other things, but. Hey, they really were happy to have us, and so they they were they were really excited that we signed up again this year. And it's you know it's a good group of people to support the American Legion. You know, it's I, I, it feels good to have it there because the folks are so great, and and it's a good community. Uh, so we're we're really happy to go come back for uh, for the second uh, GT. Um, so. That'll be January 13th and 14th, uh, right before the LVO again, and uh, that's the uh, 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 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, weekend as well, to give folks another day of just relaxation after the tournament if you have the, if you happen to have a job where you have the day off. Okay, uh, and so tell me about, tell the listeners about how the Golden Sprue came to be. Well, um, you know, it started out as just an RTT that I would run every year at our store. Ever since 6th edition came out, uh, I 
it, we've really been trying really hard to um, uh, to nurture our our local gaming group not not just the not just like as from a global perspective but it was really important for us to keep things going you know sixth edition in some ways made it difficult uh to to nurture our community so it was one of those things that we did one of those events that we ran to to help keep it going and and it worked we we maintained our game group throughout sixth and seventh edition and and the golden spur cup was one of those things um i I have always been impressed with the uh, Du Bois GT, how they run things, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I feel like the the Golden Sprue Cup is a uh, a natural like kind of predecessor to the Du Bois. Uh, we we run things very much as a as a party uh, atmosphere. I mean, it is a competitive event. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the winner of the Golden Sprue Cup GT will get a big golden trophy made out of sprue and uh, uh, whatever damaged goods that the uh, <laughs> that our store has. You know, every year, every year the uh, they they'll have some damaged GW product that they can't sell, and they'll just give it to us to use for our trophies. Last year, Nick Nanavati won it. Um, with his uh, uh, with his uh, what are they, the the Demons. brimstone horrors yeah. made out of uh, made out of cereal, which was really cute. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But uh, yeah, it was really funny. Um, but uh, yeah, we had some great competition last year. But at the same time, it's a fun, competitive, uh, uh, friendly atmosphere too. So the first day is a purely GT qualifier. Uh, the second day is uh, anybody who wants to keep in the GT can continue. Uh, your points stay the same though, regardless. So if you if you uh, end day one eighth place or ninth place, you're not going to change your points. That's the great thing about how you guys do the ITC. Your place is your place, no matter what happens. So you you get those points regardless. Um, if so, if folks want to drop out, they can do the friendly events. We have a team tournament going on and we have, uh, an apocalypse game going on day two while the, uh, competitive tournament wraps up its championship rounds. Nice. Nice. And then is there any, there's any other, uh, like, are there vendors, any, um, people that you want to maybe promote, uh, other events? Oh, great. Yeah. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I obviously want to thank Flipside Gaming. They always come through for us. They'll they'll have their booth there to uh, to sell product and merchandise throughout. And also, they're the ones who will be giving out the prize support. So what we do is we do a uh, uh, we'll do uh, all the money that doesn't go to the the hall, the game, you know, go to the American Legion. We'll go. Adam. Terrain, but not not a lot. Uh, so we'll, all of the rest of it goes to prize support and flip side will be there with kits and you can just, you just get basically get store credit for, for that. And if you don't want like 40 K models, uh, the store is right up the road. So if you wanted to just, you know, leave the event and go straight to the store and, and pick other things up, you can do that too. So it'll, it'll just be straight up, uh, uh store credit for, uh, for, for prize support. Nice. Um, I also wanted to t- thank Tectonic Studios. They're giving us a bunch of terrain at cost. 
wow. which is really nice. So, so all of our tables are going to be either ITC terrain or GW terrain or Tectonic Craft Studios terrain. Um, uh, they've been really generous with us in the past, and and uh, he's and uh, Dan is gonna gonna hook us up a little bit more. Uh, I am committed to great terrain on every table. Uh, we're gonna work really hard at boarding up some windows and <laughs> and right. stuff like that with, with some sprue. Uh, I I love how that looks. You just score some sprue with a hobby knife, and it looks like the windows are all boarded up. So we're gonna be doing that, fixing up our our trees and our woods and stuff. It's going to be, the tables are going to look gorgeous. Uh, I want to thank all my local, local folks for helping us out with that. They've always been great about uh, helping with the terrain. Right on. Do you guys have a, a sprue, like a golden sprue table? You know what, man? That is genius. <laughs> no, we don't. And we should. The boys GT has a table. That's just like, it looks like a game table that's been drank on. Like they have empty beer bottles as terrain and stuff. That's so great. I think that you have just found our token, our like our our events like token table. Good job, Pablo. Well, <laughs> I, done, do, I do my best. <laughs> I just I, I have yeah. I, I have to message all my buddies on Discord now and let them know that they need to turn in all their sprues so we can build a golden sprue table. I, I you know I might have some sprue lying around and I'd be willing to donate to that. Um, but that there awesome. you go, boom. Um, <laughs> uh, but just uh, one request. As as the, uh-huh. the person who, if you if this idea comes to fruition, I would uh-huh. like a, a P P shape somewhere on the table, don't for for PD done doesn't even have to be it's conspicuous at all. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right, man. One more Problem. question before okay. I let you go. Uh, uh-huh. Being a TO for Eighth Edition, there there's there's generally a lot of um inconsistencies with how TOs have been running events, and it's not a bad thing. A lot of people would argue that that's a diversity. Uh, I just wanted to know about your tournament format and your decisions for why you chose to, that particular tournament format. Oh, not a problem, man. Uh, actually, yeah, that's that's an excellent question, and, and it's, it is important that folks know what they're getting into before they get into a, a tournament. Um, last year, when I, when I did an exit poll for the tournament, folks uh, seemed very interested in keeping the missions that I had. Uh, I've, I've run my own missions for a few years now, and they started out very much like the, uh, uh, the, the ones for the, oh, the old, the old ITC missions. Uh, the only difference is we do our, uh, progressive objectives. We just do progressive objectives. Like, so for every turn you're holding, uh, for every turn you score a number of points equal to the objectives you're holding. It's very simple. Uh, we don't really have a random aspect to our, like, we don't really have a maelstrom style. Uh, it's very much just how much of the board you're holding each turn. Um, okay. and there, there are a few other things, like, we're, we've adopted a lot of the tertiary objectives, and actually at the ITC, uh, the ITC took the, took and used, uh, the way we do our big game hunter, which we were very excited about. <laughs> um, so we're, we, we love anything we see that is good, and, and and we we like we we play test and we add to our mission packet. Um, so everyone should be should feel very comfortable in having the first four rounds are very much a uh, uh, you know uh, non-linear you know multiple mission objective type situation that they're used to in all modern 
uh, uh, mission formats. However, I have switched things up this year. The last two missions for the championships are straight up ba- um, uh, kill, kill and straight up pro- uh, progressive objectives. Okay, why because, was that? Uh, because I feel like at the end, uh, at the end, any balanced army should be able to to manage that. Uh, however, the kill points are not straight up one unit dead. It is I do base it on um, power level. Okay. So uh, it'll just be basically percentage of army killed with some bonuses going to a player who added like like war gear to their army. Anybody who brings a minimum squad of guys with no upgrades is going to be at a slight disadvantage because obviously your power level of your army is going to be higher. Right. Um, okay. But other than that, uh, I feel like that you know for finals, I think just progressive mission objectives on its own is actually a very good, like it's it's actually a very good and very simple way of determining a final champion. All right. Right on. Um, one other thing. Oh, ahead. sorry. One oh, other thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I should mention we are trying out some uh, narr- some like uh, uh, more dynamic terrain rules, and I would love for folks to try them out and let me know what you think before the tournament. I'm gonna make a decision on those uh, a month before the tournament, so I want to make sure folks download the packet and try it out before. Uh, before the middle of December, because I I, I feel I want to add them, but if if folks don't like it, I'm not going to add it. Okay, okay, sounds good. And then those will just be like like beyond the simple uh, trees give a plus one cover save, barricades give you a minus two to your charge, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, it's um basically to manage levels of ruins. It okay. really that's been, it's such a huge problem. For me personally, mm-hmm. to have an Imperial Knight standing next to a level two ruin and not be able to assault the stuff on that level, okay. it, it uh, makes me insane. So uh, that's that's it's basically rules around that situation. Okay, all right, sounds good. All right, Adam, thank you very much for coming on and talking about the Golden Sprue Cup. Sounds like an absolute blast. And um, there's one quick, a little more personal thing um, I, I'd mm-hmm. like to note and congratulate you on. There's a picture of you on the Golden Sprue Cup GT, uh, holding, handing an award to a lucky tournament member, um, and you, you've transformed a lot. <laughs> and I just, I just wanted to give you kudos because that's that's like if if you don't know, I know Jason Butler from Frontline Gaming personally, <laughs> and he's also gone through a transformation oh with God. his health. Uh, and he looks sexy now. He looks really good. But Adam, you also look really good. You've lost a lot of weight, and I just wanted to give you props for that because that's that's a big accomplishment. Thank you so much, Pablo. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks a lot, man. And I, I still won't be able to drink come the the GT. So unfortunately, um, I mean, Wendy will still be there to basically run the tournament for me while I wander around acting like an idiot. But I won't be drunk while I do it. Oh yeah. <laughs> So you'll be a regular idiot, not a drunk idiot. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> right. what's great about the uh, that's what's great about the uh, uh, best coast pairings. I my wife basically ran the whole tournament, and she doesn't know anything about 40k. Wow. Like, <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. Folks should really check that out. Right on. All right, Adam. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Uh, you have a good one. A Remember, guys, attend the Golden Sprue Cup GT if you are in the what area? Northeast uh, United States. Northeast United States. Uh, area. There you go. It's a lot of fun. Adam, 
Have a good one. You too, sir. Thanks a lot.